I walked downstairs this morning, walked out the front door and picked up the newspaper and realized that a newspaper was a really odd shape. Like it was kind of bulging out of the bag. And as I opened the bag that contained the newspaper, I saw that the paper had been dismantled and each individual page of the news had been crumpled up and stuffed back in the bag. So I did a little investigating and discovered that one of my children had gotten to the paper before me. And he opened the paper, took out the comics as he does every day, but looked at the front page of the news, read about the shooting of Jacob Blake and then um, the subsequent shooting of the protesters in Wisconsin and got really sad and just crumpled up the paper and stuffed it back in. And um, I just had such empathy for his experience of like, I just don't want this to be the reality of the world. And so I'm going to crumple it up and shove it back in and just in a way kind of pretend that it's not. But also I think the, the crumpling of the paper was a little angry protest on his part that, that this is the world that he's living in right now that feels so unsafe and unstable and just just full of bad news. So we just put the whole thing in the recycling bin and read the comics together and, you know, went on about our day. How do we keep going when the bad news seems endless? That's the subject for our podcast today. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs. And I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. When my son woke up early and found and then vandalized the paper, he, he wasn't yet aware of the news that I woke up to, which is the emergency alert on my phone, letting me know that Minneapolis had once again been put into an emergency curfew. Peaceful and powerful protests had once again shifted in the early morning hours into a situation that felt more violent, more dangerous, and led for the city authorities to, you know, kind of lock it down, send everybody home. And of course, this is all happening on the same morning that Hurricane Laura reaches land in Texas and Louisiana, that my beloved home state of California is burning, burning and burning um, all over the state with significant fires. The virus rages, children are out of school, and people are out of work. And fear seems to permeate almost every corner of our lives right now. And I, of course, have no easy magical solutions for any of this. But one of the things that I keep coming back to during this season of so much big picture meta level unrest and disorientation is the importance of returning and regrounding to what is directly controllable, graspable, feelable, accessible is probably a better way to say it to each of us. I'd argue that never before has it been so important and so helpful to be really grounded or connected to your own body and grounded and connected 
to your own mind, like comfortable in your own thoughts, comfortable in your own head. This sense of specific, targeted, really deep connection to your own cells and your own self, I think is a really helpful counterbalance to this larger sense that the world is kind of spinning out of control and in this motion that is really overwhelming and uncomfortable for all of us. It is really, really easy to let your mind spin up into the what ifs and the different scenarios, or even just entering into the grief of the world, which is important to do. It's important to stay connected to all that's going on around us. I'm not arguing for a, you know, ostrich mentality of stick your head in the sand and just ignore everything that's hard. That's not helpful either. But when the inertia starts to really take over and it feels like you're almost dizzy with the level of fear and unrest and unpredictability that is circulating, then the response that's available to all of us is to just really dial in and ground down within our own cells. So on one level, the way that you do that is to really connect with your body in space. So feel your body sitting on the chair or on the couch or wherever you are. If you're standing up doing the dishes or standing up walking around, feel the space where your feet connect to the ground. Notice your body's interaction with the world around you and that your body is supported by the chair or supported, held up by the ground. You know, you're not falling into a black hole. There's actually something underneath you that's stable and steady that holds you up. So establish the fact that you are not actually physically really spinning out of control, that you are attached to objects or a planet at least that is stable enough to hold you in place. And once you've established a little bit of internal physical stability, I think it can be really helpful to do do a little bit of a body scan, like start at your toes and just notice any spaces in your body where There's tension, there's pain, there are things that feel unsettled or not quite, I don't know, either aligned or not quite at ease. And this is a super powerful exercise because so much of our emotional tension, our emotional reaction to what is going on in the world around us is contained in our bodies before we even have access to it in our minds and in our words. So our bodies are this early indicator of feeling unsettled or feeling tense or feeling not well. And if we can learn to really pay attention to and and scan through those internal physical cues, then often we can work through difficult thoughts or difficult emotions more easily because we've we're kind of catching it at the earliest possible phase. So for most of us, a lot of unrest or tension is stored in our shoulders, in our necks. I think about these parts of the body as they really are carrying the weight of our head. And our head, of course, is where so much of that painful thought work is happening. So if we notice that our necks and shoulders are in a lot of tension, then we know we're holding a lot. We know we are carrying a lot that's heavy. And a simple, simple practice can be to just inhale the shoulders up to the ears and then exhale, roll the shoulders down in a way. It's almost like you're doing a giant like adolescent shrug, like, oh, I don't know. So you're inhaling the shoulders right up to the ears, bringing a lot of tension in and then exhaling the shoulders down in a way and really thinking about having a long neck 
as you exhale and just extend and expand. It's a nice counterbalance to that that sense of weight, like we're carrying the world on our shoulders. And when we expand and contract with our breath and really draw a lot of space and ease into that part of the body, it's, it's like we're kind of letting go of the weight of the world. Another place that I know a lot of people are carrying a lot of tension now is in the front of the neck, like the throat and the jaw. And I think that really speaks to the the sense of powerlessness that a lot of us are feeling like we're a little bit impotent against the forces of the world around us. And it can be hard to speak. So when there's a lot of tension in the jaw, I feel like it's that sense of, of almost I'm speechless in response to all that's in front of me. Or maybe there are things that I want to say or want to speak into the world, but there's so many barriers or so many things that seem to stand in the way of that. Or maybe I'm in relationships where it's really hard for me to speak my truth or be open and honest about what's happening in my mind. That jaw constriction or that tightness in the front of the throat, maybe down even into the top of the chest is a good signal that there's some kind of stuck place where there's something that needs to be said or you're longing to put out into the world, but but you feel like you can't. There's kind of a a dam holding back the waters. And once again, I think using tension and breath is really helpful here. So maybe taking a big inhale through your nose and then exhaling out with an open mouth where you're just even practicing opening your mouth and alleviating or exiting tension through the jaw, through the mouth. Another thing that can be helpful is to just bring your, like kind of make peace fingers with your your middle and index finger, and then bring those up and just do some gentle circles on your jaw, right where the jaw hinges into the skull. And see if you can alleviate a little tension there with some pressure and gentle massage, and then noticing the release that that brings to those muscles there. A third area of the body that I think can be really affected by this big global sense of anxiety that's out there in the world right now is it's actually our our hips and our core kind of all connected into our lower back too. And I I think most of us do think about the shoulders as this big muscle group that can hold a lot of tension, but maybe especially for women or maybe this affects men and women, you know, both, but the sense in which I think our hips and the center of our body gets really activated when we feel like we can't effectively protect ourselves, right? You think of your hip bones, they kind of carry and contain and protect our reproductive organs, this like very vulnerable, important part of our bodies. And when we feel like we're not able to effectively protect ourselves or we're really out of control, I think a lot of us get really kind of off balance in our muscles in the core of our body and into our hip and groin. Lots of really big feelings around protection and control and power are stored in the hips and core of the body. So this is this is a great one for some simple yoga kind of stretching. So laying on your back and bringing your knees into your chest, kind of like you're making yourself into a little ball, maybe releasing one of those legs, keeping one knee hugged in, and then inviting that knee over across the body into a twist. And then of course you would repeat on the other side. 
if you do a little yoga too, another stretch called happy baby is really lovely in kind of loosening or inviting a little more playfulness into the hips if they are feeling really tight and constrained. And this is where you grab either around your thumb with your peace fingers or grab the outside of your feet. You extend your feet kind of like you're walking on the ceiling and this is also where you're laying on your back and you kind of roll back and forth. This is not a great explanation of this via audio. So Google Google happy baby and you'll see exactly what I mean. Um, but it's a playful kind of relaxing pose that helps to really open up some tension in that part of our bodies. So we've talked a little bit about the ways in which we can create a little more calm and stability in our cellular life, in our body's experience, by really attending to the places of tension in the body, using breath to move tension out of the body, and noticing how our bodies are grounded or held or kept secure in the space around us. Of course, the other piece of this is working through the thoughts that are in our head and the ease with which it can quickly become a pretty uh, chaotic and unsafe place in our own minds. And in a way, I, I kind of love what my little kiddo did in protest to the onslaught of bad news, just to say, hey, I'm not looking at this paper, and to declare a break from any more information that is painful or hard to digest. I think a lot of us began the pandemic experience really tracking the news um, all the time. And I know that in the, the hours and, and days after George Floyd's murder, I was tracking the news like all the time. And it's really important to understand what's happening in the world around us and be informed. But my goodness, it's also really okay to take deep breaks from the level of chaos and sadness, especially when there's not really new information. It's kind of just a, a rehashing of old information that feeds the news cycle, but doesn't really do anything to push forward our level of understanding or ability to act meaningfully based on new information. More than taking breaks, it's also really helpful to intentionally choose a couple things for our minds to get, I don't know, I guess to marinate in. We're choosing the kinds of narratives and stories that fill our consciousness. And for the last couple of weeks, our family has been watching the entire extended edition of like the three Hobbit movies and the three Lord of the Rings movies, Peter Jackson's films. And in a way, they're really, really helpful narratives. Of course, it's like fun to do it as a family. We're kind of breaking it into really small chunks too, like 45 minutes here, 30 minutes there, kind of the, the mini series version of the very long films. But it's, it's given our family a place to put our thought and conversation. I think also those films in particular are helpful because they do depict people, characters who are going through extraordinary difficulty, but working together and supporting each other. And, you know, it's the classic hero's journey. And I think all of us are in some version of a hero's journey right now in trying to slog through, keep our businesses well, keep our families intact, and just do the demands of our lives in really, really extraordinary times. So choosing a story for yourself that is helpful I think is a really nice strategy to letting your brain have a little bit of a break from all of the information. And this is particularly important if you are raising kiddos or trying to support kids during this 
season of time. I do really think that kids need information and they need to be part of these conversations, but they also need to be protected from them. And I feel like Rob and I are really on top of it in terms of monitoring the amount of information that our kids are exposed to. But, you know, again, the story with the paper this morning sort of tells me otherwise that my kids are this kid in particular is really tired of seeing the headlines around shootings and murder and mayhem and chaos and crisis and the new death toll. And he just um, opted not to let that newspaper come onto our kitchen counter in the morning. He just had a different story. And I think that's really good feedback for us around even where the newspaper is placed and how it starts our day, depending on what the headline is. When the world outside seems safe and scary, the deep challenge is to find safety and consistency and places of peace within our own selves, within our own homes, within our own neighborhoods as much as we can. And that takes intentional practice and effort and some time. So I hope that you will find some spaces within yourself that feel a little bit of ease, a little bit of calm and the ability to breathe and stretch and move Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.